So obviously want to talk about the new album and uh, get into the tour. We got you coming into town, back into the IE at Montclair Canyon. But let's start with the album and kind of fire up the DeLorean for a second. Go back to like March of 2020 when this whole craziness started and the pandemic and everything. Kind of curious, where were you at with Hellbound at that point? Was the album done or did you get off the road and then start writing the album at that point? Kind of take me back to then. Yeah, I mean, we had released uh, a record called War Paint in 2019, and uh, we did a lot of touring, and then we had a whole year of touring for 2020 on War Paint, and um, yeah, and then COVID hit, and everything just started going away, all of our shows, and we were like, wow, we had to regroup and talk about what we were going to do, and this was in March, actually, and, and uh, you know, just got with my manager and, and my band, and, and we talked, and and knew that like once all the dust settled that you know it was going to be quite a while since our last record so that we just decided to focus on a new record so we just started writing at that point and we had all this time so we wanted to be really thorough we wanted the record to be undeniable of course same mentality for every record but this this one was uh you know a different kind of work ethic man we we dug really deep because of the circumstances and what was going on with the world and there was just so much to write about there was so much uh craziness going on in the united states that um it, it always makes for uh good songwriting and and whenever this band's been backed up against the wall through any of that kind of stuff we always come out with our best product and hellbound has got to be one of the the best buck cherry records if not the best and so proud of it and we were done recording it in october of 2020 so it was in the can and we were just sitting on it since october but no we did we wrote about 27 songs for a 10 song record so it just goes to show you how much songwriting we did do Wow. So that it was a uh, majority of 2020 was songwriting all the way up to probably around um, September is when we kind of stopped the songwriting. And then we just went in and recorded it very quickly because we had already mapped out all the songs. I and mean, it was just a 10 song record and it took us like three weeks, under three weeks to record the whole record. Wow. Curious what's going to happen with all that extra material then. Are you going to save that for another album or does that go in the waste? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody always asks that. The cream rises to the top, you know, so songs that don't make Buckshire records don't make them for a reason, you know, it's because they're just not quite good enough as a whole, you know, maybe we'll revisit like a good chorus here or there or a good verse and we'll make it into a better song, but we probably have like three on the cutting room floor that could definitely make a, a record. So yeah, possibly some from that session for sure. And man, I don't know if it's you or Stevie D, but I feel like you guys were maybe listening to a lot more ACDC than going into this record. It really had that kind of <laughs> ACDC vibe on this time around. Uh, I think the title track for sure. You know, it's funny that, that that was like the last song we wrote was Hellbound, the title track. It's so weird how that happens. But uh, like we did this uh, kind of guerrilla songwriting session with uh, Marty Fredrickson, the producer. And, you know, we've co-written songs with him in the past. Like uh, Sorry was one of the first ones we did with him way back in the day. And he's just a lovely guy. We really like working with him. And I came in the studio one day and him and Stevie were working on like some kind of mid-tempo song, like the music. And I was like, hey, you guys, every day I come in here, I want my ACDC track. Like, you got to give me a song, you know. <laughs> and so they shifted gears and sent me the music to Hellbound. And, and that was it. I was like, this is amazing. And I that's like one of my favorite you know, Buck Cherry songs of all time. I really love it. And the vocal performance, it was really awesome and really proud of it. And, and a hell of a party, right? That tune was kind of written about a, a party night. 
Yeah, that song was written about the first show I ever did, and that was when I was 15 years old at a house party in uh, Orange County, California. Love it, man. Love it. And, you know, speaking of SoCal, I was kind of curious where you filmed uh, Wasting No More Time, the video for that. Was that out in the IE somewhere, out in the desert, or where did you film that one at? That was outside of Las Vegas in the desert, about 45 minutes out, out of town there. The director, Curtis, he lives in Las Vegas, so he knew this place. And he's like, there's this ghost town place I know. We should just shoot it out there. And we're like, okay. And we, we started driving out to that place. And once we got there, we're like, this is amazing, man. This is, this is crazy. It's like this hidden little gym out in the middle of nowhere. A lot of people go out there, I guess, and shoot, you know. But um, it was the first time we'd ever been there. And just made it for such a beautiful video and such a great song. And really proud of it. Do you enjoy doing more of those uh, videos rather than like the performance video? And I imagine you maybe writing treatments at this point too? Yeah, you know, we, we've, we've done it all. I mean, my favorite videos are really just Buck Cherry and our element, which is live, you know. And so, you know, I like performance videos better because I just feel like they always feel right when I look at them. It's hard to get a concept video to really jive and, and work well. And sometimes they come together really nicely, like wasting no more time, and you know, but sometimes they're just wonky, you know. So um, like my favorite video is probably uh, the Hellbound video because I just think it's it's what this band is all about in a nutshell, you know, and, and what's special about this band. And, you know, all, all three of our videos came together really well. The, the first single was actually so hot and uh, mm-hmm. the, that video is really great if you haven't checked it out. And, you know, and then and then, then Hellbound then Wasting No More Time. And we're going to be doing and shooting a new video in the United Kingdom when we go over there. Uh, the first song on the record, 54321. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I love that tune. Love that tune. Glad to hear that there's a video coming and, you know, getting into the, uh, the show a little bit here. We got you back in the IE on September the 26th at the Canyon Montclair and nine albums now. How the hell do you pick a set list at this point in your career? Yeah, it's really hard, you know, um, super hard because every song on Hellbound is so good, you know, and like, you know, 15 was a really big record for us too. So just those two records alone, we can, we can do a, a big set. And we've, and we've been playing a lot of songs off Hellbound. And, and now since the record's been out for a while, I'm going to start rotating some more of the older songs, you know, I mean, but we always do the usual suspects like uh, Riding, you know, Lit Up, Crazy Bitch, Sorry, all those songs are always there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's challenging, you know, um, but you know, that that's a quality problem for us. And, you know, we have a lot of fun because we, we get to, we get to rotate stuff when we start getting, you know, a little stuck in a rut, you know, playing the same stuff, you know, but it, you know, as a, as a singer, it's really nice to be able to have a set, a set list that's kind of set, you know, for me, because then, then it makes it more manageable when you're doing a lot of shows a week, you know, than rotating a lot of songs. But now, since we kind of been doing this one particular set, rotating like maybe three or four songs every night, we're going to change it up more now. Great. Looking forward to the show. And, you know, speaking of, of you singing and, and wanted to jump outside of Buck Cherry for just one second and, and touch upon the uh, tune that you did with Mark Morton. I love that tune, Back from the Dead, and kind of wanted to learn about that and how that, I imagine that came through Josh Wilbur, or do you have a relationship with Mark? No, that came through, actually, my my old manager. Uh, there was a point person over there, and they managed Mark, and he, he was doing that record where there was, like, a lot of deaf singers, and, and he wanted to do a song with me. And so my old management called me up and asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. And I was like, yeah, that would be fun. Like, send me some music. And, and so they sent me that track with no vocal, you know, and I, uh, I did my thing. You know, my thing is lyrics and melodies, and I, I did my part. I wrote 
I wrote over it and I thought that it was really good, you know, and um, then I just went down and recorded my bit. I never even hung out with Mark during that whole time. It was just like, oh, wow. I worked on it. I worked on it. We went back and forth on email. He heard the song. He loved it. And, you know, he doesn't live in L.A. So I went to a producer in L.A. and recorded it. And that was it. You know, I was and I went off to the road. So but yeah, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from that. And um, I was really happy to be a part of it for sure. And great that it was a situation where you got to come in and, and write the lyrics and melody where they didn't, you know, say, hey, here's the lyrics already. Can you sing this? Like, really cool that you got to put your stamp on the record, on the tune. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just wouldn't do that. I wouldn't sing somebody else's stuff unless it was like a really unique situation. I, I just I like crafting the song, you know, the way I want to do it. And and plus, you know, and, and, so, and it's cool, you know, sometimes you do that and people aren't feeling it. And that's fine, too, you know, but I mean... I have to like really own own it emotionally and I have to be completely invested in it to really put on a good performance, you know, when I when I record it and sing it live and so, you know, that's important to me. You know, speaking of singing other people's lyrics and, and kind of this rock revolution and looking back on your catalog, certainly Warpaint, there was a, a couple covers on there and it got me to thinking there's never really been a Buck Cherry covers album. And I wonder if that's something that you would entertain, especially with kind of a little bit of this rock resurgence. I think it might be a good time to kind of show the younger generation, the, you know, the older generation that you grew up on. Yeah, we actually did a Buck Cherry's covers volume one. You can find it. Um, we did it. We did a covers record and, and it, it was a lot of fun. You know, it's just, man, it's, it's finding the time, you know, and, um, and, you know, honestly, I, I just love, I love building something from nothing. It's, it's really fun for me and interesting. And, you know, I do like singing uh, songs that I'm into as well, you know, written by other artists. That's cool. But it's, it's not as fun as like, you know, trying to write your own hit song, you know, that is really challenging and really uh, exciting for me, you know. Do you still get nervous when you perform? Do you get a little antsy or, or, or jitters or sweaty palms or anything? Or is it just like old hat at this point for you? No, no, I get nervous uh, every night. And I, and I think if you, you're not getting nervous, you should hang it up. You know, I mean, I, it means a lot to me to be, you know, as good as I can be that night live. You know, I think about it. I think about, you know, when I'm backstage, I go through my little routine and then right before I go on stage, I, I get into gratitude in my head. You know, I think about as a kid, you know, I, I delivered pizzas and I worked my ass off to buy like a concert ticket and, you know, and to go to show. I would always get like grass seats and stuff because I didn't have the kind of money to be like close to the stage or anything. And, you know, I planned my whole month around that show. And so I think about that. I think about everybody who planned their whole month around this show. That could be it. It could be this could have been their only concert dollar ticket that they bought, you know, and that means a lot to me. And so I want to be unforgettable. You know, I want the band to be unforgettable. And we all have that same mentality. We want to just we want to just go up there and inspire somebody, give somebody the time of their life, something that they're going to talk about the rest of the month or year or whatever. You know, remember we went to Blood Cherry in the fall was so amazing, you know, or whatever, you know, so that means a lot to me. I love it, man. And you never disappoint. The band never disappoints live. Definitely looking forward to the show. And Josh, I appreciate all the time. Last thing I got to get into with you is we're one of those old school radio stations. Uh, we still do every single night at 10 o'clock, Mandatory Metallica, which you're going to be a part of. All right. Okay. I'll tell you my Metallica story. And uh, I grew up in Orange County, California. And so basically my, my rock foundation was all independent punk rock records, right? So I never really got into 
quote unquote, like big rock records until I was like maybe 17. And the, I befriended these two guys, were friends of mine, and they were just crazy Metallica fans, right? And they gave me Kill Em All, that record. And, and that was the record that did it for me. I was like, this is badass, man. You know, the reason why I liked punk rock so much is because it was unfiltered. Uh, they didn't have big record labels, you know, telling them what to say and what to do. So this, this is like, these were kids that were like super honest with their feelings and what they were going through. And they put it in song and that, that really connected with me, you know. So when I heard Kill Em All, I, I felt the same way. I felt like this, this was like a band that was, uh, you know, a gang. They had this gang mentality and, and what they were saying was real and I really believed it you know and so that's why I love that record so much yeah it does kind of have that punk rock vibe to it with Whiplash and and uh, yeah Motor Breath some of those songs why don't you pick a, a Metallica song for us to play on Mandatory Metallica let's play Whiplash and uh, and then let's play uh, Inter Sandman I love that song let's get into that for one second real quick was it a big change for you were you like what the when you first heard Inter Sandman you know comparing to Whiplash to Inter Sandman certainly a, a different change in, in sound did it throw you or did it seem right for you you know i didn't know what was gonna happen you know they started getting a little more commercial you know but that was okay for me because i started maturing more as a as a man and a musician and and i really liked the big choruses and the big melodies and that song had a lot of hooks and i thought it was really great and, and they still kind of kept their integrity you know and that's what i loved about that song for sure. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time and can't wait for the show next month at the Canyon Montclair. See you out there. It's going to be great. Thanks for helping out. I appreciate it. Anytime, Josh. Have a great one. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, Mike.